Welcome to the Mindfulness Monday podcast. I'm your host, Carly Jean Puck, and as a member of the local mental health advisory council in Cook County, Minnesota, I'm passionate about promoting mental well-being. Every Monday, we delve into the world of mindfulness and discover practical techniques to cultivate a more mindful and balanced existence, making it make sense for your daily life. Rotating between short practices and interviews with folks whose work intersects with mindful living. Time to get more mindful. Thank you for joining me on this new podcast. Thank you, Carly. It's really exciting to be here. Thank you for starting this. Yeah, I would love to introduce listeners to who you are and what you do in the community. And we can talk a little bit how we've connected in this in this project, in this world of mindfulness and go from there. But tell listeners what you do in our community. Great. Happy to do so, Carly. My name is Allison McIntyre. My professional role in the community is with uh, the Cook County Public Health and Human Services Department. I've been in the role as director for the last just over six years. Beyond that, as it relates to, you know, the intersection of mindfulness and, and work, I'm a student of mindfulness. I'm a participant, a, a guide, uh, uh, a person who is always, you know, trying to seek community in this area and help foster and develop community and just really seeing the value of mindfulness as a, as a part of living in the world. So for public health and human services, what are things that they offer intersecting with mindfulness and mental health? What does that look like? Yeah, I think one of the obvious intersections of my work and and mindfulness and just mental health promotion is through our Cook County Local Mental Health Advisory Council, of which you've been a member, I think, since we started back in 2019. Is that right, Carly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that group is a, a citizen advisory council. It's made up of staff from our department, other mental health professionals in the community, community members who have an interest in supporting mental health and well-being, retired professionals. It's been a really supportive and insightful group to work alongside over the last several years and really excited just to be a part of that work. Some of the examples of how, how that council has intersected with mindfulness has been around some ACE training, adverse childhood experiences training that we partnered with the Sawtooth Mountain Clinic on. Again, this was pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. but we had a number of staff and, and volunteers on that group go through the training. And that was, I think, really helpful to broaden the conversation around how trauma affects the brain and physical and mental health outcomes. And Something I really appreciated about that training in particular was not just focusing on the very real trauma of adverse childhood experiences and how that affects youth and communities, but the the other side of that, the resilience that exists in our communities and in individuals and how the tools of mindfulness can really empower us to to react and respond differently. Mm, That's really beautiful. And I think a a factor that, as we know, and you know, and anybody talking about this stuff is aware of, but it's an underutilized and maybe underappreciated thing in a lot of spaces is mindfulness. It kind of 
sometimes gets written off maybe as this like woo woo thing, esoteric kind of thing. What is it? But in terms of mindfulness practices and taking care of our mental health, what are tangible mindfulness practices that are important to you? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting and I think commonly held perspective, Carly, but I I think when you distill down, it's really so fundamental and foundational, mm-hmm. paying attention to how we're breathing, how we're moving through the world. And, you know, in our work, and, and I should add, you know, in talking about the intersections of mindfulness in my work, most of what I'm sharing here is, you know, my personal reflections and experiences, not necessarily the official views of, of Cook County government, but there certainly are a lot of, of intersections, not just on a community level with our citizen advisory councils, but our, our mental health, our substance use professionals are, are absolutely mm. incorporating mindfulness techniques in their direct service work with clients and, and individuals who have a lot of stress in their lives. It's just a skill and a coping mechanism to, to face the challenges in our world. Yeah, it almost seems laughable and and not in a making fun way. But when you say like, yeah, it's pretty foundational. I mean, paying attention to your breath. Like it's almost like, yeah, we probably should do that, huh? (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. But we aren't necessarily in big we, right? Aren't taught to be clued into those things in the same way. But I think that's shifting. Do you think that's shifting? I do. And I think that's, again, where I'm really excited about the work that you've been doing, Carly, with promoting mindfulness on the radio, with the, again, a a partnership with the Mental Health Advisory Council, very much something that you've been leading, but just promoting and normalizing mental health with our local community radio station through that Mindful Monday content, your work in the schools, really empowering youth in our community with these skills to navigate a really complex world. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I really enjoy it. And I think after having my own experiences with anxiety and depression and other things, it just becomes more and more clear to me to share about these conversations instead of keeping them in the dark, which I know is also a lot of work that I think public health and human services does in general is just to keep these conversations going and out there and open and make sure people know what's available. When we talk about mindfulness maybe being like this woo-woo thing or written off and not for everyone, of course, some people are listening to this like, that's not what I think, but there is that perception. Where do you think that comes from sometimes? Why do you think it gets written off? I think those are external forces that we're reacting to, right? It's mm. this, I think in our society, there's this elevation of the individual. And I think mindfulness is a tool of like tapping into more of a, a reciprocal way of being in the world. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that for some of us, when someone tells you to, you know, be in your body, that can be a scary place to be too. So sometimes maybe we're avoiding that work because we're not sure we have the tools to get out once we dive in. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I think having the tools might be a barrier for people as well, thinking like you have to have some kind of special equipment or training certification or wake up before dawn and sit on your meditation cushion and complete silence. I think, you know, there are opportunities throughout our day to access a more mindful state and that that can be a, a way to exercise power and control when you feel powerless. I really love that because that is a big part of it, I think, is that that imagery, you know, I joke, but it's true that sometimes when I talk about meditation, I just imagine people thinking I'm like floating on a cloud through the sky. And although that sounds lovely, <laughs> oftentimes it's five seconds to take a deep breath before going into a stressful situation or it is a morning meditation or journaling or whatever it is, but it can look so many different ways that I think that's right. That that barrier to entry feels like if you're not doing it right, why try? I think a place where this feels really present for me is just in parenting, right? There are so many opportunities to practice mindfulness with your kids and model that, but there are a lot of pressures as well to, you know, be present to other things. And I think, you know, being really aware to how I'm responding when my kids are telling me about their day. Am I looking at my phone? Am I thinking back to a conversation or thinking ahead to the next day's agenda? Like those are really powerful, tangible ways to practice mindfulness in our day to day, just how we're showing up with people. Has your relationship to mindfulness then changed? is becoming a mother and becoming a parent? I think it's just creating more opportunities to develop Mm. that that practice and awareness. It's more present. It's less theoretical. It's in your (laughs) face as soon as you wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Here you are. Uh Is your relationship to mindfulness changed over time in any way? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of my first access points to mindfulness practice was through yoga. And when I started that practice and really developed a a daily ritual around it, saw it as more of an individual practice, right? This is something that I'm doing to manage my stress, to bring more well-being into my life, to help create some of those boundaries between my workday and my evening. But I think as I've learned more as I've practiced more as I've you know witnessed and been in community with others in this work I really see more powerfully how the impacts of mindfulness can be amplified when you're doing it with others that that co-regulation that community just continues to surprise me and reward me and excite me did you go into yoga kind of looking for that? Because I know with my experience, I, I also had an entry point into mindfulness through yoga. Uh, but I started practicing yoga kind of for physical reasons. And then I took this class. I went to a liberal arts school. So you have to take a physical movement class of sorts. And I was a senior and I was stressed and I saw yoga on the list. And I thought that sounds nice. And I just kept going back and I couldn't explain it at first, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like I couldn't explain why I wanted to go back, but just that it was the first time my brain started to get a little bit more quiet. Mm-hmm. And I just was kind of hooked and I did. it took me a little bit to realize why, 
but it, did you go into yoga looking for like, I need some relief or what was that entry point? Was it a practice or were you looking for mindfulness? I think when I, when I think back, it was also in an academic setting. I think I was in high huh. school. We had this lifetime fitness class where it was, you know, tennis and mm-hmm. bowling and, <laughs> you know, some of these sports that, you know, ostensibly you can engage in as long as you're physically able to. There's not. Right. So we had, it was a yoga class at a community center. I don't exactly remember where, but what I remember was the guided meditation at the end of practice mm. and how powerful that was to really sink into my body, to be aware, to breathe deeply was so impactful. So I think it was actually the the breath and meditation practice of yoga that was that powerful entry point for me. Yeah. And that, and that maybe made you say, I think I should go do that again, mm-hmm. which is so lovely that there's this, there's this thing. It feels like, at least for me, that with mindfulness, it's like my, my body knows before my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that there's this beautiful thing in hearing. Yeah. I was be- able to get into my body. And that was so great because sometimes our brain wants to take over and take us in totally different directions than what our body is needing, which I guess I just partly described anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) But it's real. It's increasingly prevalent. And I think, you know, when it comes to looking at a public health approach to addressing the higher rates of depression, anxiety, substance use in our communities with our youth. The tools of mindfulness, I think, cannot be disregarded as a a powerful prevention tool. Mm. Yeah, both prevention and and then help with recovery in some of these situations, I think, as well. All of the above would be my my argument. (laughs) Is yoga still and and meditation, breath work, all of that that comes with a practice of yoga? Is that still your kind of go to mindfulness practices? I know you're you're being mindful <laughs> all day and trying to kind of insert into these moments, especially with with parenting, as you shared. But in terms of kind of sitting down for an intentional practice, is that still your preference? Yeah, it's definitely a, a routine or a comfort zone, a easy access point for me and one that I've relied on quite a bit over the years. I completed my yoga teacher training in 2021, and that was just another really beautiful way to deepen my my understanding of the other aspects of yoga that aren't as visible in our culture. And again, that building community with others who are committed to that learning and experience as well. I recently picked back up the daily yoga practice with my kiddo, and that's been really fun as well, just taking that time every day together to co-regulate and breathe and mm-hmm. just have some peace in our evening. Mm. I love the idea of you two just sitting there practicing together every day. It warms my heart. <laughs> so in terms of working for a local government, and then also talking about mindfulness, do you think in in your experience, do you see those conversations happening more and more? Because some people might think of those two things not making sense together, right? Like this, a government entity and mindfulness and this kind of stuff. I do. I think more and more there's 
research that supports the the value of this as a, a healing modality and I think especially when it comes to you know supporting our workforce who are mm. having to encounter incredibly stressful situations over a prolonged period of time you know the burnout is very real in helping professions, yeah. not just with our organization, but nationally. So I think anything that we can do to empower our staff uh, with these tools to create time in the day to mm. to take breaks, you know, if it's only yeah. you know stepping away from the desk and going outside, I think that can be a really <clears throat> effective access point for mindfulness is just breathing fresh air, feeling the cold on your skin, looking yeah. out the window, you know, going for a walk in the woods if you have the time, but knowing that, you know, there are a lot of ways, there are a lot of access points to mindfulness that, again, don't require any special equipment or tools. It's, you know, feeling that cold air on your skin outside, just going out into nature. That's a, certainly a an asset that we have in this community is our mm -hmm. access to natural spaces. And one of the more effective tools that I've found in practicing mindfulness is just getting outside and being witness to the beauty that's out there if you take the time to slow down and pay attention. Yes, I definitely appreciate that ease of access to this beautiful land that we are on in Cook County in a different way as an adult than I did growing up in Cook County as, you know, a teenager who's like, there's nothing to do here. And the things we did because we were bored was going outside and now that's what I'm choosing to do. So it mm -hmm. is quite a privilege to have those outdoor spaces to get to pretty quickly. Absolutely. Are there any tips you would give people that maybe are listening and have heard of talk about meditation and mindfulness and they're like, I get it, but, but where do I start? How do, what do I do? Yeah, I, I would say again, just look for that opportunity to be mindful in every moment and do what works for you. If, you know, breath work and meditation and yoga aren't resident, maybe it's running or moving your body in other ways, getting outside, finding a friend or an animal that you can co-regulate with and just breathe. Um, check out a book from the library, you know, find a resource online. There's so much out there to empower yourself with information and tools and just experience and witness the power of doing this in community rather than alone. If that opportunity presents. Yeah. I am also thankful that up here we have opportunities that I hope to continue to talk to people locally about practitioners that are doing yoga and meditation and mindfulness. And not only is there stuff locally, but of course there's always things on the world wide web, but I love the idea too, of finding maybe a community because sometimes that feels safer and feels like guidance on something that's really foreign to people. Absolutely. There's so many wonderful guides and practitioners in our community. As you said, infinite resources online. And yeah. What do you think mindfulness means I know we were talking from like a public health standpoint and and our personal practices but I, I you mentioned earlier something about mindfulness as this tool for community and and the power of mindfulness in community how does being mindful in ourselves and talking about these things how does that shift community I guess the way I would answer that is that 
individual well-being can't really exist independent of the spaces that we mm. are in, right? Our, our communities, our workplaces, our families. Similarly, communities can't exist without individuals that are, are well. So yeah. I think there's this reciprocity with finding community in this work with recognizing that you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Again, pushing against that, <clears throat> I think, individual self-care that we are yes. sold. <laughs> yes. And, you know, rethinking community care and how we interact with each other in healthy, supportive ways. I think that's such a good reminder because speaking to the idea of barriers for mindfulness and kind of thinking you need all these tools, our our world of, <laughs> I'm putting in air quotes for listeners, mm -hmm. self-care, mm -hmm. I think that is, like you said, is sold to us is this thing that we kind of, we we buy things for, or we have to do on our own, or we need like a six hour morning practice. That's the only way self-care is, or it's a bubble bath. Don't get me wrong. I love a bubble bath, but I appreciate all of the examples you've given that it can look so different and it, the power of mindfulness in community, I think is going to be something we just keep talking more and more about. Is there anything else you want to share with listeners that I haven't given you space to do so? I would add to thinking about the intersection of mindfulness and my work in really thinking of that also as a personal practice and striving to be a more mindful leader and just re recognizing that stopping to breathe and pay attention can really improve the experience and the outcome. And uh, something I'm reminded of probably on a daily basis. And again, I think a, a, an access point for people that doesn't involve doing something extra, it's coming back to I think mindfulness can be thought of as a, like a striving towards, but what if mindfulness mm -hmm. is, a, is a coming back to ways of being that we, we already are a, a wholeness that we already have. I love that imagery too, right? Instead of kind of feeling like you're running a race, just kind of like almost coming back and embodying yourself is the goal versus that mm -hmm. external thing you're trying to reach for. I really appreciate that image. Thank you, Allison. This was great. Did you, oh, did you want to say anything about people interested in like local mental health advisory council? Sure. Absolutely. We'll take any opportunity to promote getting involved with that group. We are always looking for new members of our local mental health advisory council. If people are interested in getting involved or attending meetings, they're open to the public. You can see the meeting materials on our website. You can reach out to me directly for information on how to join a future meeting or get involved as a member, a way to reach me without listing off my entire email address is <laughs> P P H H S as in public health and human services at co.cook.mn.us. And, and that'll get to me and I can help you navigate how to get connected with that group. Great. And we can put that information in the show notes as well. So people know how to contact you, reach out and what services are available at PHHS. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Carly. 
Thanks for listening to an episode of the Mindfulness Monday podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can help us get it into the ears of more listeners by rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening on your favorite platform. Contact WTIP and let them know that you enjoy the podcast so we can keep creating content like this. See you next Monday.